0: Hello, and welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto, the podcast for all things cryptocurrency. We are back with one of your favorite segments this week, What I Wish I Knew, and we are joined by Queenie Tan. Now, you may know her as At Invest With Queenie, and she is on a journey to reach financial freedom so she can enjoy her life. Well, she's young without having to worry about money. And she's just recently hit the milestone of accumulating over $500,000 in net worth at the age of 25. Queenie shares with us how she got into investing. We talk about her crypto journey, which was off to a pretty rocky start, and how it's evolved and changed over time to her strategy now. So whether you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious, I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and this is Tapping Into Crypto. Welcome to the podcast, Queenie Tan. It is so wonderful to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Now, most of our listeners will probably know who you are or may have followed along on your journey for a little while now. For those that haven't, can you let us know a little bit about your life and what you do on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, sure. So I am a content creator. I create content on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube around personal finance, investing, money hacks, savings tips, just um, things that I personally find interesting. I love the money hacks, especially lately. Uh, Girl after my own
0: heart, I am always that person that will go up to the counter at Bunnings and be like, hey guys, uh, my 10 has this for $10 cheaper. Can you price (laughs) match? And I I love that you're sharing all of those hacks with the world now as well, because they do just the little things. They all add up.
1: They do. I like to think about a dollar saved is a dollar earned. But it's actually, when you think about it, maybe even more than a dollar earned because when we save a dollar, that's our after tax income. Whereas when we earn a dollar, we get taxed on that. So it's kind of like $1 saved is technically more than a dollar earned because we're not including the tax. So, you know, if you can save a little bit of money, it's kind of like you're earning a little bit of extra money for just essentially getting the same thing anyway. So
0: why not? Always for the discounts, all about that life. Now, a question that we ask everyone to the podcast is what was your very first cryptocurrency purchase and when was it?
1: Yeah. So I started investing in crypto back in 2017. I think it was like 2016, 2017. And one of my friends told me about it. He was investing at the time and telling me about the insane returns he was making. And I was like, Ooh, this is pretty exciting because at the time I had just started investing in ETFs through a robo-advisor. And, you know, with robo advisors, ETFs, standard returns are around 10% per year. And he was telling me like, I'm getting insane returns. So I'm like, what's this all about? What's this crypto? I seriously thought I was going to be rich. I was like, wow, this is insane. I think I invested like a starter amount of like $100 and then I checked the next day and it was worth like 10% more. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that is what I make in a year, like a 10% return. Like I'm going to be a billionaire by the time I'm like 30. So I kept on like investing little amounts here and there, just kept on going up and up and up. And, um, eventually I had made a Forex return on my money and I was like, I'm like a genius. Like I just, (laughs) I am so smart. And then unfortunately the crypto market as we know, 2017, it it took a real nosedive and my portfolio dropped a lot. I had actually made a loss on my initial investment. And yeah, it kind of stayed like that for a few years. And I, I remember after like the first or second year, I was a bit like, you know... Maybe I'll just cut my losses and just withdraw it. I was buying my first home anyway. So I was like, oh, you know what? I, I might as well just take that money out. Like the hype was well and truly over. So I was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to withdraw it. Use my money for something else. And um yeah, decided to invest again in 2020 mm-hmm. because I I think it is becoming more adopted. There are a lot more use cases for cryptocurrency. And I think it is different to when I was investing like you couldn't really use your crypto easily to buy things. Whereas nowadays, like you can actually purchase things with cryptocurrencies. A lot of like the mainstream banks and institutions are starting to adopt cryptocurrencies and invest in cryptocurrencies themselves. So I think, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I decided to invest again. But of course, like in a safer way, managing my risk, a smaller percentage of my portfolio and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely humbled now. I I don't think that I'm a genius about it by any means. <laughs> oh, and I think that's the hardest part, right? Like there were so many
0: people that braved the winter in 2017 and hung on to it, and like for those guys, it definitely, of course, it's paid off because the prices, even at that crash, are so different and at the high then are so different to what they are now. If you were in the big players, you know, if you're in some altcoins back then, chances are some of them aren't even around, which definitely is heartbreaking. (laughs) But the tech, as you said, I think, you know, back in 2017 or earlier, the the tech we saw built on Ethereum was like crypto kitties and like games to play. Whereas now, yeah, of course there's games as well, but there's so much real world adoption, as you said. So it is interesting to see how much it's come. But I love that you were in it really early. Talking about your investment journey, because it is something that's incredible, like the fact that you were already investing in ETFs then as well. I think the other day on your Instagram, you shared that you've just hit a collective 500K net worth. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's amazing. And so what was your journey like to get there? How did all of this interest start for you?
1: So it initially started when I... I guess when I moved out of home, really. So I was 19 and I moved in with my partner and we were both like, had no money. like We were so broke. And it's really, it's difficult to, you know, make ends meet, to try and find savings. And life is just stressful when you're not earning very much money and you're just kind of living week to week. So I desperately just wanted to get out of there and to start earning more money. And once I did start to actually earn like, a decent amount. I think I went from like $400 a week to earning, I think it was around $50,000 a year, which still like isn't a crazy amount. But to me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Like I can actually afford to live and I can have a little bit of savings. And when I saved up $5,000, that's when I really started to think, hmm, is there a better place for me to park this money while I don't need it in order to grow my wealth? And that's when I started looking into broker advisors and investing, investing in ETFs and things like that. And from there, I just got more interested in it because I guess I, you know, from not being able to afford to do all the nice things that you want to do to being able to save money, I just wanted to keep going so that I wouldn't have to feel stressed about money. Like I wouldn't have to look at my bank account before going out to dinner and having to order the cheapest thing on the menu, I wanted to go on a holiday without having to stress about it and do like nice activities. And yeah, that, that became my goal. And the whole reason I do this now is because I want to reach like a place of financial independence where I can really just live my life on my own terms. And yeah, I think it's pretty crazy to think just a few years ago. So I'm 25 now, 19 when I started. I've reached this net worth with my partner and it's pretty crazy. Like if I were to go back in time and tell my 19 year old self that I would be doing this and I would have like a $500,000 net worth with my partner, like I don't think I would have believed myself. It's crazy how tiny little changes can really make a huge impact overall. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you talk about and share
0: is just those smarter decisions, you know, those little hacks and being interested and wanting to educate yourself, you know, and showing that it is possible. Like you've done it and other people can do it as well if they really want to learn and invest. And obviously markets change over time, but you adapt your knowledge then as well. So within your net worth, what is that comprised of at the moment?
1: Yeah. So net worth is essentially the value of all of your assets minus your liabilities. So assets um i include things like my home equity so we own this apartment two bedroom apartment in sydney and then obviously we have the home loan so that's around $160,000 of equity so if i were to sell my property today pay the bank back for the part of my home loan. That's how much equity I would have. Um, Also includes things like superannuation, my crypto investments, my stock market investments as well, and cash savings. I don't include other things like technology and like car and things like that because I think it's a bit bit hard to value (laughs) and uh, yeah, 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 exactly. All my clothes and you know. um, (laughs) no. Imagine putting a value on your clothes. (laughs) I know, I know that would be hard, but You know, I mean, technically, net worth is like everything that you own, but I mainly just include my investments. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And it is really cool to see, I guess, that it is so diversified. As you mentioned at the start, you know, making sure that crypto is part of that. So you're not missing out on this opportunity that the markets are showing you at the moment. But that volatility is balanced out by things like... ETFs and things that you're investing in for the longer term. So, with crypto itself, you mentioned that was back in 2017 that you first started and a friend introduced you. Was that how you taught yourself, I guess, everything that you know now about it? Or how did you learn along the way?
1: Um, I guess learning along the way, I, I do have other friends that are interested in crypto. And I think you've had him on your podcast as well, like Jason Pizzino, yeah. someone that I'm friends with and like chat to about crypto. And I also do have like quite a lot of my other friends that are interested in it and we share resources and like just updates about things. But really I, I think my crypto strategy, it's a lot more boring now. Like I tend to mainly stick with like Bitcoin, Ethereum. I do have a few altcoins, but you know, 80% of my crypto investments is within like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Because, you know, from from like my previous experience investing in cryptocurrencies, I know that those ones are the solid ones, you know, like those are the major cryptocurrencies, the ones, especially Ethereum, like the ones that is everything is built on top of like the whole NFT marketplace. So, yeah, it just makes me feel a little bit safer knowing that they are a bit less volatile than some of those other altcoins. But even though they're less volatile, they still can be pretty volatile as we have seen in the yeah. past couple of <laughs> weeks. Yeah, so, it's been
0: a roller coaster.
1: <laughs> I know it has. It has. And do you dollar cost average into
0: those or do you have a different investing strategy that you apply to crypto?
1: Yeah, I mainly just dollar cost average every month into Bitcoin and Ethereum. And, you know, I have invested a little bit into some other altcoins, but yeah, I think from my research, like I don't want to spend heaps and heaps of time, like researching the markets and all the new altcoins. Like I honestly just don't have time to research everything and make educated decisions about everything. So that's one of the reasons why I just thought, just stick to Bitcoin, Ethereum, keep it easy, dollar cost average into them because I also have more faith in those cryptocurrencies. So when the price fluctuates and drops with those cryptos, I don't freak out because I know them really well. And I know that there are real use cases and people using those currencies. So it doesn't worry me too much. Like I wouldn't panic sell them. Whereas like if I invested in like, I don't know, like a Shibu Inu coin or like, Dogecoin or something like that and it dropped. I, I I would feel a little bit more stressed, you know, personally. For yeah,
0: sure. And especially going through 2017, like you know and Ariane have seen that some of those altcoins don't stick around. And as you mentioned, research, like that is something that we teach people so much on this podcast, and we are huge advocates for, is that you should never be investing in something that you don't understand. And so it's not just reading a news article and going, oh, that sounds good. That sounds like something or something on Twitter or Reddit is more likely than a news article for crypto, but actually really understanding what that project is, what the tech behind it is. And if you want to be in the game, but you don't have the time, as you mentioned, dollar cost averaging with the big two is a really safe way to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Completely agree. And so with your
0: altcoin adventures, have there been any that you've had a significant win or maybe loss on that you'd be happy to share with our listeners?
1: I have been investing a little bit into Ripple. As you know, my first crypto investment and I kind of have like a little bit of Ripple invested at the moment. But obviously, have you seen like that SEC like trial Mm -hmm. with Ripple? The price of Ripple just like plummeted. I haven't sold it. I've kept it, but I think it's another lesson that, you know, that's what can happen in the cryptocurrency market, you know, like a lawsuit or something like that. It's very easy for those coins to like lose so much of their value so quickly because cryptocurrencies are so difficult to value as well. Like I think it can be even more like all, like the stock market, as we've seen, like there can be massive fluctuations in prices, like for example, Meta or Facebook, yes. share price mm-hmm. dropped massively as well. Same thing happens with crypto, but I'd say even more as well because it's difficult to value cryptocurrencies because it's not like a company where they have earnings and blah, blah, blah. Like whereas crypto, I feel like it's really difficult to, to find like what's the true value of a coin? Like what should I be valuing it based on. So that's why I think knowing my risk profile, I do prefer like just Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, I do have a bit of Cardano as well. But those are the ones that I feel more safe with, um, especially Bitcoin, Ethereum.
0: Yeah. And that volatility is, is something that you either embrace... Um, and close your eyes and just, you know, when it goes down, you hope that you've backed that for a reason. And I think that's a really great parallel to draw as well, because anyone who did cold ripple would probably be pretty scared seeing what's happened to it and think, oh my gosh, that could happen to anything. It happens in the reverse, which is what we say you know, when Elon tweets about Doge, it goes to the moon every single time. So it happens in the reverse. But you've just pointed out it happens in the stock market as well, it happens across all sorts of different companies across the world. Like, you know, we've seen it with Meta, as you said, and it just shows you again, like when something happens, like, you know, a big news event, or maybe there's something unfavorable with one of the founders that can impact a company's price. It's just with crypto, we don't have that exposure as much. So it is something that's super interesting to begin research, understanding what that project is, what the tech behind it is.
1: Mm, For sure. I agree. And so
0: now that you've been in crypto for a little while um you mentioned your journey at the start and how that really changed your approach to it is there anything that you wish you knew before you started out
1: I would say that just understand the concept of risk and reward and potentially like try to think about like an ideal portfolio so At the moment, I have my portfolio of ETFs and obviously like property equity, superannuation, like cash, all of my kind of investments and crypto plays a part in that as well. I think it's important and I wish I knew sooner to like think about all of these different investments that I'd like to make as a whole and like how much I would like crypto to be a part of it instead of just kind of like getting swept up with the hype at the time, just like investing Whatever money I had left over without any real plan or strategy or without really understanding the risk, I was just basically investing like all of my spare change into cryptocurrencies without really thinking about, hmm, how much should I be investing? What percentage of my portfolio should I be investing? Like, is there a risk with cryptocurrencies? I wish I knew that sooner. And now I think that I do have more of a strategy and crypto plays a part in my strategy. I feel a lot safer with it because You know, I am well aware of crypto's volatility. So it doesn't bother me because I know that it's a small portion of my portfolio that I am prepared to lose in a way, you know, 5%, 10%. It isn't a lot because I have other investments to fall back on. And um, yeah, I've already kind of like in my mind kind of written it off, but not really. Also like investing. But yeah, I hope that makes sense.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And I think like right now today, we're starting to see some green on the market after our dip over December, January. Um, and it is something that is testing a lot of people's conviction in Bitcoin and Ethereum and cryptocurrency in general. Going back, I love that you're so transparent about everything that you do. So going back to December, were you seeing some really good returns on what you had invested into crypto?
1: Yeah. So I think at the moment, I'm still up about like a 100% of my initial investment, which is quite good. Yeah. Um, some cryptocurrencies like Ripple and I think also like Cardano, I am down. But Bitcoin and Ethereum and especially Ethereum, I'm still like in the green. And My portfolio overall is like up a 100%, which is insane. So even though there is volatility, and even if the price does drop people more, I feel like you know, it's kind of to be expected. Like, I think people freak out when they see, like, oh my gosh, like the red in the last few months and how much it's gone down. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's gone down like 30, 40%. People see that and they freak out, but then they don't see how far we've come. You know, like they don't see like one year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. And you can see that cryptocurrency has had a massive, massive rally over the past few years. Like, I guess a a dip is to be expected when you have had these massive increases over the past few years. So that's the way that I see it. And um, yeah, it doesn't make me too nervous at the moment, which is good.
0: Lord. And I think like, yeah, that big picture zooming out. If you even do that, like go to a chart and zoom out, you're like, oh, 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 it's actually very small. Like it's a small little blip on the big scale picture. Um, and definitely, hopefully for what's still to come, you know, the tech isn't going anywhere. And we keep talking about this on the pod. Like, yeah, of course, there are some fluctuations. There is a lot of volatility. But if you believe in the tech, that's just getting stronger and stronger and better advancements every day with even more incredible developers joining projects. So it's still a space that's very exciting to watch.
1: I agree, especially the whole NFT space. Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting. Do you own any NFTs? I don't, but I just love like hearing about it and especially how like now you can attach actual like real world things to nfts for example like you buy an nft that gives you access to like a concert or backstage shows or some sort of like membership into something which i think is really cool like imagine in the future maybe we'll be using nfts to like board planes or like to validate concert tickets or something like that. I just say that the use cases is pretty cool. Not okay. just um, like, I think it's nice that we have like cute digital images of monkeys, but I feel like, you know, the use cases for NFTs and like verifying things, I think it, it just goes much further than that.
0: Yeah, the world is literally our oyster with that. It's super, super exciting. And something else that I love about your content, Queenie, is the hacks that you share. One of my personal favorites, as you mentioned at the start, is that you let everybody know about the fact that lots of places, price beat, office works, bunnings. So if you were to give someone, I guess, an investing or money hack piece of advice,
1: what would that be? Oh, good question. I think, yeah, the price beat is a really good one, especially for like Items like technology, for example, like computers and phones and things like that, it can easily get you $200, $300 off the purchase price of those things. And also Bunnings, they do have a Power Pass, which is pretty cool. Um, yes. So if, you have an, if you're haven't trading with an ABN, there are a variety of different businesses that also qualify for this Power Pass account. You can get pretty big discounts across like the whole of Bunnings, which is pretty good because their prices are already very good. It just gives you like I think most purchases you'll get an extra five percent off, which is cool. You trying to think, yeah. There are honestly so many hacks. Um, JB Hi-Fi also does like price matches and price beats as well sometimes. And Office Works definitely because the price beat guarantee is actually baked into their company ethos. So they kind of like they they will do it most times, which is pretty cool if you do find a cheaper price at an Australian store. So yeah, I hope you like those money hacks. (laughs) I do. I love those. And it's well worth
0: it. Even when you're that annoying person walking around the shop, scrolling on your phone, trying to figure out what everyone else has it listed for, it does add up. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, Queenie. And thank you for being on the pod. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here today. If people want to find you and follow along your journey, we'll pop it all in the show notes, but where can they head to?
1: So you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And I really enjoyed chatting with you. I think we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you. See you. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.